0: Hi, I'm Connor Svensson, founder and CEO of Web3 Labs, and this is your week in blockchain on Monday, the 19th of April 2021. Highlights in this week's issue include Coinbase's IPO, another roller coaster week for cryptos, consensus closing a major funding round, Binance continuing to grow their influence in DeFi and Sotheby's uh, big NFT sale. Coinbase this week they went public. It wasn't in fact in fact via an IPO, it was actually via a direct public offering. This basically meant that instead of investment bankers investing in the first set of shares and then actually selling them to the markets. Coinbase actually s- sold their shares directly on the market. This It was a very successful listing. Their closing price for the stock was uh, just, just shy of $330, which gave them an implied valuation of just under $86 billion. The Binance exchange also came along and uh, listed a Coinbase stock token shortly uh, after this as well to allow people on their platform to get exposure to tokens that track the price, much like they've done previously with Tesla. Bene- big other beneficiaries of the Coinbase listing also include its 1,700 employees who are all given 100 shares sort of right at the last minute, um, which was a nice windfall for them. And also the Rapanaz, who was actually one of the early investors alongside some of the more familiar names you see in this space like Andreessen Horowitz and Union Square Ventures. With all of the activity that we saw happening here, there was also a lot of movement in the crypto markets too, with Bitcoin and Ethereum hitting all new new all-time highs just before the Coinbase listing with with Bitcoin going up to just shy of 65,000. Bitcoin and uh, Ether over two and a half thousand. However, there was a significant drop in the the last few days as well, with uh, Bitcoin's price dropping down to 52,000 and Ether uh, 2100. There's, there's been some funny movements though with Dogecoin which has continued its uh, rapid ascent recently where uh, earlier on in the week it actually eclipsed Uniswap and Litecoin to become the eighth largest cryptocurrency by market capitalization. But now it's actually gone even further and is uh, up, up at number six. So the, the returns that we've seen with Dogecoin this year, it's, it's up over 6,000% this year to date. Um, also, Mark Cuban's come along and said that uh, his his Dallas Mavericks basketball team is planning to hold Dogecoin on their balance sheet, so uh, one up in Elon Musk with the uh, the Bitcoin on Tesla's balance sheet. Another really big piece of news this week was Consensus uh, closing a sixty five million dollar funding round, uh, which was backed by J P Morgan, Mastercard. Um, and, and a number of others. So it, it, it's fascinating that this has actually happened now because for a number of years, this consensus have been investing very heavily in a number of different products and projects across the blockchain ecosystem. But get, getting this serious funding really is the, you know, the signifier that they've now got a very clear strategy that they've been able to get good institutional buying behind this. If you remember back to August last year, Consensus acquired JP Morgan's Quorum technology team and allegedly took an investment from JP Morgan, but there wasn't really any much public information about this. But then, also in October of last year, there was an announcement by Consensus and Protocol Labs, the creators of IPFS and the, the, the Filecoin platform, uh, which is decentralized file storage platform, to actually be partnering together in terms of bringing de- decentralized file storage technologies and bridging the gap between IPFS and Filecoin and Ethereum. And so, when you actually look at the people who are involved in this investment, you've got UBS and Mastercard and. Another point, too, we've seen that uh, MasterCard have announced their own payments, uh, cryptocurrency technology. Uh, But then other investors included Protocol Labs as well and the Maker Foundation. And given that you have... Obviously, we mentioned earlier on J.P. Morgan and others involved in this. There's, there's clearly a focus on the actual DeFi angle here, and consensus certainly believe very heavily in the, the opportunity that it presents here, especially when you've got some very well established players like UBS and Mastercard here, alongside some of the uh, you know the pioneers in the decentralized landscapes like like Protocol Labs. So it's no doubt uh, setting them in a really good position to actually continue to grow and scale and uh, continue to execute on their vision of uh, building out the uh, Ethereum ecosystem. So it's really, really big news and significant milestone for the team there. We've also had uh, MicroStrategy uh, announced that it's now paying its uh, board of directors in Bitcoin. But then also HSBC, the bankers have come along and said that uh, they they, they won't support um, trading in MicroStrategy shares uh, on their platform because HSBC has got no appetite for direct exposure to virtual currencies. This also took effect as well with the the Coinbase listing earlier in the week as well. And HSBC doesn't allow their, um, their, their, their clients to actually hold it via their platforms either. So although this is legislation that's kind of been in place for a number of years, since going back to 2018 with HSBC, they're certainly taking a far more conservative stance about cryptocurrency and cryptocurrency exposure than we're seeing with a lot of the other banks that are out there that are looking to find ways to leverage from it. Grayscale have also added another billion to their uh, their portfolio of uh, um, Assets that they actually hold, so it's taking their overall assets under management to over fifty billion now. So now they've expanded to include Litecoin, Stellar, Zcash, and more, and Bitcoin Cash. Time has also joined, uh, followed followed suit after Tesla announced that they were keeping Bitcoin on their balance sheet. Time Magazine now plans to as well. They've also announced the partnership with Grayscale, where they're going to be working together on a new video series uh, that's going to come in the summer explaining the crypto space. The Swiss insurer AXA2 now allows its customers to actually pay in Bitcoin. However, they're not planning to actually hold these Bitcoin on their balance sheet. When customers pay in Bitcoin, it goes to a broker Bitcoin Swiss who will then actually convert them into Swiss francs for AXA. But AXA have really embraced this because they have feedback from a significant number of customers who are surveyed that they are interested in cryptocurrencies. So they thought they'd experiment and see if it would change things if they accepted Bitcoin. In Turkey, the Turkey central bank has actually banned the use of cryptocurrencies for payments. So it's a significant uh, blow to those 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 individuals and companies actually working on these services. So it hasn't actually banned the holding of cryptocurrencies, but you're not actually allowed to use them for payments anymore. On the Ethereum network, uh, we're now up, up to having close, almost $9 billion worth of ESA staked on the ETH2 network. And also we saw the Berlin hard fork go live this week, which really lays the foundations for uh, reducing the the very high gas fees, which we've discussed in previous editions on the Ethereum network. So the EIP-1559, which is the somewhat controversial between miners versus the broader Ethereum community, uh, supports this. It's now sort of core plumbing is is in place, so to speak, that uh, come July Uh, as long as they can get the general support there that it'll it'll be able to go live as planned. With the hard fork, though, there were some issues with the open Ethereum client, which is one of the many different Ethereum clients that's used and this actually impacted Coinbase, Ledger and other crypto services. They basically stopped uh, b- people being able to withdraw Ether during this period just as a safety measure. We've also seen Ticketmaster, the owner of uh, Live Nation, uh, partnering with a blockchain ticketing firm subsidiary, which has partnered with a, a ticketing service called Fan Dragon Technologies to use Ticks2Me, which is a blockchain based digital entertainment wallet. And Live Nation is the owner of uh, Ticketmaster. Behind the scenes, uh, Live Nation have been using Ethereum, but they'd hit uh, issues with the transaction fees uh, being prohibitively expensive. uh, a ticketing application. So they made use of what is called the Aventus Network, which is a layer two scaling technology that runs on top of Ethereum. Artos Systems is the company that that created this. In the first stage of this partnership, um, it it will basically enable thousands of Live Nation uh, France tickets to be purchased through the platform. And there will be process through this underlying Aventus network um, as a combination of fungible and non-fungible tokens. There isn't anything yet about secondary market trading. Of course one of the key, you know issues that a lot of ticketing providers have is the inability to actually prevent resales but also and, and, and also fraudulent tickets. So no doubt that is going to be factoring in, but there haven't been any announcements about this just yet. Another piece of uh, significant news this week has been uh, Ethereum's Gitcoin network raising 11.3 million around and actually being spun out of consensus. Gitcoins a fascinating project and company because what they do is they fund individuals to contribute to open source projects. One of the big challenges facing open source developers is how to sustain the funding for their projects. And this is something that I personally can relate to with Web3J, which is an open source library I've written in that there's people will happily use these things, but it's it's hard to get you know funding for ongoing bug fixes and maintenance and so on. So uh, Bitcoin actually provide a model for this, and they've been very successful with it. And it's you know, the testament to this is who they've got behind this uh, funding round as well, um, which which includes uh, a former Sequoia Capital partner, um, but they've also got. Um, Naval Ravikant in there as well as some some other uh, big names with the investment. The Linux Foundation too has also launched a blockchain-based platform for insurance. The Linux Foundation announced this platform called the Open Insurance Data Link Platform. And the idea here is that it reduces the cost of insurance reporting and creates a standardized data repository using DLT. Uh, it's actually a joint, this IDL platform is a joint initiative of the Linux Foundation and the American Association for Insurance Services. And it's making use of the Linux Foundation's open governance model, which means that the actual network is built on a number of different nodes run by multiple organizations um, using a shared ledger there. And so this, this common ledger provides a, uh, an industry utility platform for recording transactions and uh, automating business processes. Having these, these bodies behind the, this initiative is, is certainly very powerful to help establish these kind of standardized consortia type of blockchain uh, networks. Lockheed Martin as well, they've also announced that they're adopting a blockchain platform for their supply chain management in Switzerland. So they've, they've signed an agreement with a company called Syncfab, which has come out of Silicon Valley, which is a distributed manufacturing problem to streamline their supplier capabilities across the, across the Swiss market. You know Within aerospace, uh, actually being able to track the provenance of, of parts that are being used in supply. Chains for airplanes is—it's a really you know, big and important problem, and so it's—it's it's another really nice fit for the actual technology there. Specifically, in this instance, the platform connects the. Uh, original equipment manufacturers or OEMs to the the, the Swiss members here to uh, match the two up in the DeFi market, it's been a, a big week. Well, big a number of big weeks really for um, Binance with their Binance Smart Chain platform continually to grow with uh, regards to supporting the DeFi landscape. The Pancake Swap, the Uniswap clone. Um, the value locked on locked in DeFi on that platform has actually uh, gone up to 7.87 billion, which uh, has more than eclipsed Uniswap, which was the original kind of uh, De- DeFi platform. There, uh, off off the back of this increase in traction as well over the last few weeks, uh, the Binance Coin has really shot up in its market capitalization the last few weeks with um, the price of Binance's coin jumping more than a 16x increase just during this quarter alone. Uh, Off the back of this then Binance had to execute their largest ever token burn which is something that they actually do quarterly. They're also funding there as well for projects building on top of the platform. So the decentralized uh, finance startup called Mound which is known for its uh, yield farming aggregator Pancake Bunny. Uh, has has raised 1.6 million in seed funding um, to to build out a range of uh, DeFi use cases, including farming, lending, and swapping. In the world of NFT, there's continued to be more and more activity here. This time, the exchange operator Nizi getting in on the action, releasing collectible NFTs c- commemorating notable IPOs. So these these NFTs they in- each individually celebrate the first trades that happened on their platform for the 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 IPOs of Spotify, Snowflake, Unity, DoorDash, Roblox and uh, Coupang. Um, which was the largest US IPO in 2021. Also had the the well known card maker Topps, um partnering up with the Major League Baseball to offic- to to issue official NFTs. And these r- range of cards will actually um, vary in their degrees of uh, rarity, from common to legendary, and be there'll be like limited edition and platinum anniversary cards and so on. So given their you know how well established Tops is in the physical collectible card world to be. Fun to see how they get on, in, you know, as a slightly later entrant to the, the actual digital NFT market. But certainly there's still plenty of space for the market to expand uh, the United States postal Service as well have also certified case mail uh, for the first blockchain generated e-postage uh, platform so they've actually what what this means is case mail provides a non-fungible token mail technology uh, that can be used to pay for postage and the U- US postal Service have actually certified this in the art world the digital artists uh Pack. Uh, they 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 had their first uh, NFT sale on the Sothe- Sotheby's that wrapped up this week, where Pack was selling these cubes, and a total of seventeen million was actually made through this sale. But off the back of this, the the artist Pack has actually launched a new token that can be obtained by burning NFTs, and so this platform is called burn.art and the token is dubbed Ash. And so the, the the idea is is that someone can take their however valuable it is NFT and choose to actually burn it in return for the token. And of course, the inevitable question here is what do people value more, the actual artwork or the token? So it's it's a fun innovation to see here. Finance has also popped up again in that they're working with the, the publisher of Vogue in Singapore to actually launch an NFT platform, which is expected in Q3 of 2021, which would allow users to mint, auction and trade NFTs. Edward Snowden as well. He's also created and sold an NFT for 5.4 million, uh, which was to benefit the Freedom of the Press Foundation. Finally, the NFT startup Dapper Labs have announced they're doing another funding round. So they just closed a 305 million funding round at the end of March, but now they're planning to do another one, which uh, once closed will actually give them a valuation of seven and a half billion. They've obviously got to. their, their original plans for this year clearly weren't bold enough and they've got you know, no, no doubt even more ambitious plans for growth now. That brings us on to the metrics for this week. So we've seen the crypto market capitalization is actually down four and a half percent from last week at one point nine five trillion. The assets locked in DeFi is up over 16 percent at uh, 60.16 billion. And the NFT sales uh, volume in the last seven days has been over 52 uh, which is down 16.5% with an average price of just over $1,700. That's all we have for this week. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast and our YouTube channel. Links to all items discussed are available in the show notes and at, at our website, weekinblockchain.com. we also host a weekly clubhouse room every Monday at 12pm Eastern, 5pm GMT if you'd like to discuss any of the items we've covered here. Thanks and I'll see you next.